Welcome to the You Got This podcast, featuring authors Donnie and Sandy. We invite you to settle in, open your hearts and minds, and be inspired to trust and present hope in the Lord. When you allow Him to lead the way, you got this. Hey, welcome everyone to another episode of You Got This. We got a fantastic uh, episode coming for Father's Day. We got a special treat for you as my lovely wife is going to talk a little bit about her new book that's been published. Uh, you, what do you think? About three or four months ago, or was it begin, or is it the end of two twenty? It was in two thousand twenty. Well, the end of 2020, correct? Yeah. It's called Jeremy's Journey from a Prison Cell to a Healed Heart. It almost mirrors, I'm not going to say it all mirrors, but it almost mirrors her the, son, the troubles her son goes is going through right now. He is lost as the day is long. And he just got so many... Um, so many issues and demons that he's dealing with personally that he just hasn't got the grasp on how to handle yet. And I'll let my lovely wife elaborate on that and continue to talk about the book and and uh, other things in result of Father's Day, as today is Father's Day. So I'll let her take over. Oh, go on ahead, honey. Welcome, everyone. Yes, every son needs the father's love. They need time with the father and all you dads out there if you're listening you're working so hard to give your child something that you never had because maybe when you were growing up there was lack of money and you missed out on a lot so you've grown up and you promised yourself that your kids are going to have what you lacked but in doing so are you trading that lack of material for lack of your presence? Because you can't get those years back that your kids were playing baseball and you said you'd show up but you didn't, you were working. You can't get those years back when they were starring in a play and you said you'd show up but you didn't because you were working. The kids need your presence more than anything. They need your love. They need to know you care. And that is one of the problems that my sons grew up with. Their dad was an alcoholic, still is. And because of that and the drugs that he did, we all suffered. They suffered a lot. Because when he disciplined, he disciplined with hate that came from that alcohol. They missed out on the Father's love. But people, if you're listening out there, the hurt that came from that, God can heal because he's the ultimate dad and he promises over and over in the Bible, I will never leave you or forsake you. And again, he says, I will never fail you or forsake you. He is one that won't where we will, mankind will always fail you because we're made of flesh. God is not. So, he is a covenant-keeping God. So do you think that you're what you're trying to get at, do you think that as men, we seem to want to give them what we didn't have growing up, but we sometimes forget to give them what we did have? Yes. You know, that, that is a huge problem in this day and age because as we grow up, we like, you know what, I'm not going to give, I'm going to give what my, I want to give my kids what I didn't have. But 
we do forget to give them what we did have as as a humble beginnings as humble uh a life we do do get and we sometimes forget that sometimes humble is good instead of trying to make all that money we worship that money unfortunately we're like oh dang i gotta get more money so i can get my kid this but why don't we give him what we do have as far as us i mean as as uh, as a kid, you know, I used to always love playing t-ball. My father got me into t-ball because he loved playing t-ball. But why are we worried about giving them the next PlayStation game? We should be giving them sunlight. You should be giving them yourself. Well, That's sunlight and, and sunlight and uh, sunlight means going out to the ball field, playing yeah. ball with your ball or ball with your kids. You know, and we forget to do that uh, sometimes. The presence of a father is so much more valuable than having $10 million in the bank. What I mean by that is look at Phil Robertson. He grew up poor as heck. And he still lives off the land. Even though he has millions of dollars in the bank account, he still lives in a double-wide trailer and 100 acres in West Louisiana. And his sons don't give a crap about the money they have in the bank. They was willing to give up their million-dollar show just so they can have their father on the show. The media proved it. So, like my wife said, give them you more than you give them the money. The money means absolutely crap. Yes, and in the Bible, the Lord says, man looks at the outward appearance, but God looks at the heart. I'm sure you're remembering a story that Jesus told about a certain man that came up and was at the altar and he was praising everything that he had done and given to the church and I'm paraphrasing a little bit and then this woman came up and gave hardly she had hardly anything to give but she gave it all and another time where a man had come up to the altar and, you know, he was just repentant over what he did. That is the humility of the heart that God is looking at. If you read the Bible, you'll see these different stories in there. God is looking for the heart, and so are our children. Our children want our hearts. They want us being there. They want the presence of being there for them. That shows them that you care. That shows them that you love them. And I believe God gave me this book as a prophecy. Not that my son is going to go through everything in this book, but he's gone through a lot of it. And I think it's a prophecy of saying, look, just as it might work out for this character in this book, it's going to work out for my son. That I just need to trust him. All timing is in God's hands and God knows the end from the beginning. So he knows what lies ahead of him and what there is still for him to learn along the way beginning I'm going to read some of the passages out of this book Jeremy was full of life and laughter and as a child then suddenly darkness invaded his life without warning 
The darkness came from someone he looked up to and stole the joy from his heart. It was one thing after another, and his joy was replaced with despair, and his will to live was gone. Darkness and drugs are the life he knows now, and prison awaits. Will he find life, love, and the healing which can only come from Jesus Christ? Will he see the light? And will he know the light? And will he let the light of Jesus in and restore what was lost? Jeremy. He was hurt as a child. And it was hurt so bad that he buried it. He buried that love. And he forgot it. He forgot everything. He forgot what hurt him. And he forgot a lot of stuff, a lot, a lot of other stuff along the way. And the story starts off where he lost one of his brothers to cancer. And so he's already upset. And then he reads a story in a newspaper while he's working and it triggers an emotion in him because it has to do with the person that hurt him yet he can't remember what it was and he takes off to a 10-year stretch on the streets you see drugs people say I'm free I can, I'm doing what I want really are you because when you need a fix what do you do you steal just so you have the money to get your fix. You'll steal even from your family. And maybe when you were straight, you wouldn't want to do that. So are you really free? God gave me a poem just expressly for this book. It's called No Way Out. There is no way out, nowhere to turn, no one to help. There is nothing but darkness here, hopeless surrounds. Where has the light gone? Where did it go? It's dark even in the daylight. The emptiness turns it black. My heart is heavy, downcast, too weak to call out. But who would listen? Who will answer my call? Who would help? There is no way out, nowhere to turn, no one to help. There are people everywhere out here, but no one to help. No one to lift me up, no one to pull me back. There is no one to answer my cry for help, no one to answer my call. I'm out in the open, but live in chains. Hopelessness, darkness, and despair are my constant companions. I'm a slave to what controls me even though I say I am free. It says it's my friend and will comfort me, but instead it controls me and keeps me in the dark. Chained to the life and consumed by depression, it never leaves my side. Always luring, always tempting and taunting, and its poison always blinding. Its truth is deceptive and its comfort is false. There is no way out, nowhere to turn, and no one to help. Is there hope? Is there light? Who will help me find my way out? Jesus Christ. He's the way, the truth, and the life. In him there is hope. There is peace. He is the Prince of Peace and he is the light. All, all darkness is his light to him and he will set you free. Only in him there is liberty. Just ask. He's a prayer and a call away. He says, come just as you are. And all who call on my name will be saved and see the light of day. That's a beautiful poem, isn't it, folks? And, and I think it, really what we are looking for is 
how to talk because most of the people on the streets they don't know what their problem is if they do know what the problem is they're afraid to communicate it they're afraid to let people know why they're having so much emotional problems because as men we hate sharing emotion don't we guys once we let it out will be better but the, we just don't know how to let it out because we're so caught up in trying to be masculine trying to be manly men the only time we actually cry is when we either run into a car or if we hit ourselves in the head with a hammer that's the only time we actually do cry as far as oh i'm so sorry we don't know how to do none of that because we were never taught we were always taught to be men we were always taught to grow a pair well, sometimes maybe growing up here is actually letting our emotions out, but we just don't know how to do it. So we really need to get down to figure out how to do it and yet keep our manhood. And that's very unfortunate because women, they love to cry all the time. And we like we, when we see somebody cry, we're going to run the hills because we don't want to deal with it. Well, maybe it's time we actually do deal with it and uh, we'll actually get somewhere in life because we have to figure out how to deal with emotions. Right, honey? Yes. And so I'm going to read another passage from this book of when he ran to the streets. This is a story of running. It tells about his abuse. It tells about what happened in his path to find his way back home to God in a healed heart. Running doesn't fix the problem. It only prolongs it. Exactly right. So let me get on with this next passage. Begging for money or washing windows at streetlights while cars were waited on their turn to go was how he made his living most of the time. Other times he robbed people he stole from his friends or sold himself to get what he needed. The people he met, the regulars, they became close-knit family, so to speak, but they will rob you blind given the chance. It was a dysfunctional family of sorts. Although they were friends and would lock up, look out for each other, it was every man for himself, and everyone lived in a paranoid state. Then there was the lie he told himself, that this is only temporary, just one more hit and I will go back. That's what everyone was out, everyone out there thought. One more hit and I will go back. I will call home. One more big drug sale, and then I'm out of here. But that never seemed to happen, because the enemy keeps them bound. The enemy keeps them enslaved. Second Peter 2.19 They promise them freedom while they themselves are a slave to depravity, for people are slaves to whatever has mastered them. He found some cardboard boxes behind a nearby abandoned store, and that site was where he called home. He called it freedom, no demands of life. He worked on the street corner when he wanted to. If he didn't, he had no one to tell him otherwise. But he would not have money for food or his fix. Going on to another passage. Jeremy learned and even made some friends on the streets. Well, as friends go out there. And no one gives their real names. One guy started calling Jeremy Blue Eyes. He had dark, wavy hair and very vivid blue eyes. So it stuck and soon everyone was calling him Blue Eyes. 
I can't take it. I can't take the anxiety and the pain anymore. I have to make it go away. This was the thought that kept going through Jeremy's mind as he drove away from the hotel where he worked. He did not have a plan. He just drove and his need led the way. Before he knew it, he was back on Bailey's Avenue in Buffalo, right where his habit usually led him. He drove up to Walden's Park, and this is where he usually parked his car while he ended up, when he ended up here. Then walked back up to Bailey Avenue to find Bear. Bear was mean as a grizzly bear, which is where he inherited the name. But it was one. But he was the one who could fix Jeremy up with what, whatever drugs he needed. What's up, Beans? Long time no see, Jeremy said as he waved him over. Beans was as skinny as a stream bean, but when anyone needed information, they could always count on Beans to know it. Wow. I haven't seen you in a while. Where have you been? Beans asked. You know, this story, people try to hide themselves, so they give them names that aren't there. The anxiety that goes through you and says you need a fix, it's really that hurt and that pain that's deep down inside of you that's crying out, I want out and I want to get healed. But all your temporary fixes, temporary peace in a bottle or in a drug, or maybe you go and get your fix another way by work or sex or gambling. There's many different idols out there and there's many different addictions. They all do the same thing. They steal your life. They steal your money. They steal your emotions. And they do end up controlling you, as we read in 2 Peter 2.19. So are you really free? Are you really doing what you want when you run away to get your fix? When really it's a cry for help because your issues do not go away. They're in your heart and they're going to stay there until you let God pull them out. That's exactly right, man. So we're going to pause here for a quick break and we're going to finish up with Sandy's book, uh, Jeremy's Journey, after this uh, song, which we think this song is actually perfect for what we're talking about. It's called Never Too Far Gone by Jordan Felice. Hope you enjoy it.
Hope you enjoyed that song. It's by Jordan Felice and it's called Never Too Far Gone. And this is this episode is particularly honors fathers for Father's Day. And I was wondering, what are we doing for Father's Day? Uh, what is a father doing in honor of Father's Day? Well, in my personal opinion, we should be with the family, having dinner or something, and going over the Bible and uh, reading different scriptures to keep our family tight. Because that's what, and ultimately, a father is supposed to do, is keep his family intact. Keep his family honoring God as the way we were supposed to have been created by our Creator. And that's what we're supposed to be doing. But in this particular book that we're reading and sharing with us today, is how... If we don't do that uh, as what we're fathers are supposed to do, our family gets lost as the day is long. And again, the book is called Jeremy's Journey from uh, from a prison cell to a healed heart. So I'll let my lovely wife get back into it. Yes, here's another passage. Now there's a new, there's a new guy to the streets here. He's from California, so they started calling him C.A. It was a full moon tonight, and Jeremy had an eerie feeling. The abandoned store had a long alley that went past it. Jeremy had his stash and decided to stay in. He noticed C.A. watching Bear that day and knew he needed to keep his distance. He had a bad feeling that something bad was about to happen. He didn't know how right he was, and his feeling was about to become real. It turns out the CA was a tweaker and CA was without money and he needed a fix in the worst way. Bear was walking by and was talking to someone within an earshot of CA. Even in New York gang, New York slang, CA knew what he was talking about. 
Bear made the mistake of leaving a small portion of a, a bag poking out of his pocket. He never did that. C.A. watched him and saw his chance. Bear was on the corner of the alley talking with some, someone and C.A. thought he could run by him and snatch the smack out of Bear's pocket and make a run for it. C.A. managed it. He got it and ran for dear life, but he was no match for Bear. Bear yelled at his bro, Step it, blood! Bear yelled out, and he had others nearby at the end of the alley, and C.A. did not stand a chance. Jeremy crawled into his box and covered his head as he heard the screaming. Within minutes, C.A. was dead, stabbed to death. It was just as Uncle Sam predicted. Not even a week. That was the norm out here. Fights went on all the time. People got stabbed, shot, or throats cut. You did not tell. You knew nothing, and you stayed out of it, out of the way of the king's main game. Now, it's later, and Jeremy had gotten off the streets, and I'll let you read the book to find out how he did, and he ended up in prison. And here we go, in prison life. The guards on the roof and roof tower had guns pointed and ready to shoot. More, more guards came running out. Papa yelled to Jeremy when he saw the guards run out. The door towards the commotion was something in their hands and he yelled, Jeremy, get down now and cover your eyes. At once, Jeremy did as Papa said. He did not want a chance not listening to him. It was a good thing he did because it was tear gas. The guards would rather use tear gas than guns directly in the vicinity of prisoners. This is due to a prisoner gaining possession of one of the guards guns by force. After it was all over, Jeremy walked over to Papa and said, Thank you for the warning. No problem. You're a newbie. You will learn the ropes in here soon enough. The guards like to use tear gas as much as they can. It's much safer that way. You know, you're going to find yourself in ways doing stuff and receiving the consequences of your actions. The Bible says you reap what you sow. And it doesn't have to be that way. God will let you go through that. In the book of Job, there's a verse that says, God will do this twice, even three times. Twice. He will let you go through your trouble so you can see and call out to him. And the rest of that verse says, so that you may see the light of day. How long is it going to take before you cry out to God? How long before you surrender to him? That you don't have to go through so much trouble. Our stubborn hearts wants what it wants. And Papa, you got to read the story. I'm not going to share that. I'll have, you'll have to get the book. But he was part of a mob gang that killed people. He ended up in prison. And his salvation came in his prison cell. And it had changed him so much, he earned the name of Papa.
Well, honestly, I think the real question here is, honey, is how long it's going to take people to realize that God is real. What is it going to take? Is it going to be taking the same situations happening in your book right now? Or is it going to take another extreme circumstance to where we will open our eyes and ultimately realize that God is real. He is here to save us. What is that moment that's going to take you to open your eyes? And I'll let Sandy finish up the, what she's talking about with this book. Here in another passage, they're outside again. Once outside, Jeremy made his way over to Red and Papa. It was a nice day. Blue sky and a gentle breeze not too hot. It was a day he wished he could stay out there or even go fishing like he used to do when he was home. What's up? Red yelled out. How was the shrink session today? I don't want to talk about it, Jeremy said rather abruptly. Red answered back, wow, not good, huh? Hey, either of you two know what's going on between Crusher and Smitty? Smitty's a duck, and Crusher's probably hitting him up for some rock, Red replied. Jeremy looked kind of puzzled and said, huh? Smitty's on the take. Crusher didn't get anything out of him, and he's hitting him up for some crack. So you better develop amnesia if you know what's good for you, Papa answered. I've had a taste of Crusher, and I don't plan on, stay on, on saying anything. Just curious. Jeremy was learning that the, there were guards who were straight and there were guards who were on the take. But regardless, you stay out of their way and on their good side if you wanted to keep air in your lungs in here. You learn to go blind when you see anything. Deals going down, fights, someone getting iced, and above all, don't go near a snitch. You see nothing, you speak nothing, and you hear nothing. Moving on to another passage. It was time for Jeremy to go to his drug rehabilitation. He sat there as usual, listening to stories of all the other others in the room, and there was so they were so similar to his, except for the fact that none who had been molested. How does a guy live with that? Jeremy thought. Then the unexpected happened. Papa. Papa had been coming to these meetings, but had not spoken at any of them until now. Timing is everything, and this was God's timing. There was a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens. That's Ecclesiastes 3.1. David Edwards, the rehab counselor, spoke up after the last inmate shared his story. Does anyone else have anything to say? Papa spoke up, and the eyes of everyone in the room grew wide and their jaws dropped. Papa said, I was a little boy about six years old, and my family was part of the family. You know what I mean. There was a man who was a friend, or so we thought, for a good many years. His name was Mario Russo, and then one day there was a crisis, and every man... All of a sudden, all the families were called into action. My mother was busy that night with my younger sister. She had the flu and very sick, so my papa asked Mario if he could stay behind and help take care of me since my sister was sick. He told him, anything for you, Mr. Carboni. The night started 
out well enough and then my mother asked him to put me to bed and that was when the nightmare happened. He helped me into bed and then helped himself to a little bit more. He grabbed me where he shouldn't have and went a lot further. I told him to stop and he would not. And he told me he would hurt my sister if I told. I cried myself to sleep. I did not know what to do. This went on for a year every time he was left alone with me. I was, it was making me so angry. The anger just grew and grew until I could not take it any longer. And one day my papa asked him to look after me and I couldn't help but I screamed, No! My papa asked me what the problem was and I decided just to tell him. I showed him the bite marks and my papa just lost it. He looked at me and told me, Victor, you should have told me sooner. Watch and see what we do to people who betray us. You see, that's where the enemy came in and stole Papa's life. But it's never you're never too far gone. Because Papa got turned around. Yes, he started that anger drew him to even further into the family's life and he started killing people. He ended up in jail. But you're never too far gone, just like the song says, for God to reach. You're never too far gone. And that is right. We are never too far gone, guys. We're never too far gone. I don't know if I can't say that enough. But uh, long story short to this particular episode is, guys, we wanted to honor you for Father's Day with this book. Is that you're never too far gone from your family to get them back in the eyes of God. It is ultimately up to us to direct our family to where it is right. That's why God created man first. He, we are the leaders of our household. The question is, what kind of leaders do you want to be? Do you want to lay your family astray that is so far from right that we don't know where we're turning to next? Or we do we want to turn them to God and have us a fantastic family that can depend on each other in our hours of need? The question is ultimately up to you. you got to teach your family to talk to each other and to worship God the right way. So and as we always end our shows, you know you got this when you let God lead the way. And uh, tell my, uh, and please share your love to us uh, through our emails at info at yournewlifebooks.com. Or you can uh, subscribe to us through our YouTube channel. You know where that is. And uh, uh, like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram. And anything else you have to say, honey? Yeah, just uh, as uh, Donnie was saying, just uh, follow us and visit our website, yournewlifeministries.org. We have our books on there. We have our podcasts. And we have devotions. And, hey, visit the Contact Us page and let us know, again, your, you got this moment and ways that maybe we can pray with you. Did I say our email right? Because I said info at yournewlifebooks.com. Is that right? No, no, we have a new email address, guys. It is info at yournewlifeministries.org. Oh, I'm sorry, I got that wrong, guys. Like I said, we just got that uh, uh, new email set up. And again, if you have a, you got this moment, or if you have a prayer request, or if you want to subscribe to our email list, 
feel free to use it. Our info at yournewlifeministries.org. All right, uh, and if you do that, we will send you out a free devotional book. And also, you can find out all of our books on our website. And uh, and again, let us know your you got this moment, and uh, we'll talk at you later. I hope you enjoyed this episode, and please follow us on here as well. Uh, talk at you later, guys. Bye bye.